Buzz Buzz, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode. And this one, we've got a rock star writer who has been all over the map. He's written for Oni, he's written for Marvel, he's written for DC, uh, IDW. Uh, what else has he done? Uh, Image, lots of stuff. He's been everywhere, and now he's taking over Kickstarter. I'm here with Chris Sabella and uh, his dog in the background, which the internet loves, Miss Zola, uh, the uh, rock star rescuee. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Happy, happy to do so. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk because, like I mentioned, you have uh, you've written a lot of comics and, and you've worked with a lot of publishers. And, and I know. You're not the biggest fan of the big two these days, which I mean, a lot of, you know, that, that just happens. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I just kind of not a fan of working there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just prefer, you know, I have too many creator owned ideas. Like uh, it, it just feels like uh, if I have to put my time in one place, it's going to be creator owned stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, what made you want to take the jump to Kickstarter? Uh, I mean, I've actually kickstarted before. Um, I kickstarted a book back in 2015 um, called Short Order Crooks, which was a crime cooking book um, that's like set in Portland uh, and set amongst all like the, the food cart scene here in Portland. Okay. Um, so we funded uh, the whole five issue book on Kickstarter back then. Um, but yeah, it's been a while just because it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Kickstarter is hard. Like it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, you know, like not only do you have to make the book, but then you have to like, you know, constantly be selling it and then run a campaign. And then when the campaign's over, you got to send all that stuff to everybody. So it's a, but I'm trying to get better about like, it's a good Avenue for me. Um, it's a good place for me to go to like get books made that I just can't uh, I don't know that publishers won't say yes to, or that I just don't want to wait around to do. Oh, okay. Cause I guess, uh, cause yeah, short, short order. Crook, I guess only they just put that, that out as a trade. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's I, I, cause that's how I was familiar with it, with the Oni tag on it. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know your, your podcast host didn't research enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's um, I, I remember you uh, t talking about this B story of like, a couple a couple years ago i think mm -hmm. on on twitter I've, I've followed you for a while and i, I remember you um you you getting like because you you get like the notebooks for each yeah. comic you do and um and you know like uh I, I remember you talking about the b story and and you know like i i think that was around when crowded was kind of blowing up i too. think so yeah um which i mean everybody loves crowded uh everybody i i think the one of your the one of the first books I read from you was High Crimes, and that okay. like, whoo, like man, that was so good. And then after that, I read uh, Welcome Back, which um, which I think I kind of that was like my first interaction with you on on Twitter because I was like, holy shit, you put Kansas City <laughs> in a comic book, uh, and then and you you used to live here in a yeah. in a in a old post office, right? That was, was that one. Of, yeah, I mean, I lived there for like ten years, so I lived okay. uh, in a couple places. But yeah, I lived down in the bottoms, yeah, um, in what was the first post office in in Kansas City. That's crazy. And you, like you had like there was like a vault and stuff like in uh, your house. That's yeah, there's a that's bank gnarly. Vault. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it's also like the, I I paid more for heating in the winter than I did for rent. So <laughs> uh, just to give you an idea of like what it costs to like keep a space because it was like six thousand square. I don't know. It was a lot of square feet. Like I could ride my bike 
freely around my house. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it was also it, like, it was, you know, it was a hundred plus year old building um, and uh, leaky as shit. So, <laughs> and it just operated on a boiler. Um, and yeah, like it was also a weird semi squatter situation. Um, but yeah, that was uh, the most memorable place I lived in Kansas city. <laughs> what room was the vault? Like, was that your office or? Uh, no, I, I tried to, I didn't really make a lot of use of it. It was very like cramped. Um, I ended up like just putting like sort of overflow storage in there after a while. Okay. Like the vault is fun, like for the first three months or so. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, I just have this giant vault. Um, yeah. It just becomes like a part of your life. And it's just like, oh yeah, that's the vault. That's where I keep my records. Like <laughs> it's that outsider perspective, right? Like every, everything's, everything's cooler on the other side. So to, to, like you said, you know, like, yeah, heat this motherfucker. Like then, <laughs> then see how cool it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, that's, so that's, so you're, this isn't your first Kickstarter go around. So that's, that's interesting. And, and your, your campaign's doing well. I've, I've yeah. noticed, uh, people are excited about it, but you're also like, you know, you've, you've got a, you've got a good following. Like you've got, you, you've picked like the good side of the internet to, to side with. It seems like a lot of the, a lot of, you, you seem to be pretty close with a lot of great indie creators. Everybody loves your dog. Sure. I mean, um, did, did you know, like, I mean, I, I guess like when you adopted her and like, I remember like when you were like posting pictures and like thinking about it, like, did, did you think that like, she would be like this internet since, cause she's like a comic mascot now. She's like a big, everybody knows her. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just was excited. You know, I'd never, I'd never owned a dog before. So she was, she's my first dog. So oh, really? yeah. But I knew like, as soon as I got her, I was just going to be like, I mean, because before that, I was just constantly posting pictures of other people's dogs. Like, yeah, your coffee shop dog posts. I remember those. Yeah. So, so yeah, she just took the. Now I don't take pictures of other people's dogs. I just take pictures of my own. Um, but no, <laughs> like it's, she's like had it's a cheating. <laughs> like, she's had a very rich career so far. You know, she <laughs> she appeared in a uh, a Mint Mobile ad uh, that Ryan Reynolds uh, put put in our local paper. I remember. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Um, so yeah, she's, she's doing much better than I am. Like, but she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't have to do anything. Like she's just adorable. So, you know, um, it's a lot easier for her. Like she yeah, doesn't she, have to prove her worth. She just picks up random stuff on walks and, and eats zucchinis. Like that's like whole, whole zucchinis. We haven't done zucchini, celery and carrots. Are, okay. Uh, she'll do cucumbers, but she leaves cucumbers. the seeds all that's over the rug. Oh, okay. Um, so we don't do cucumbers anymore because I can't, <laughs> I can't get her to stop. So, uh, so you, um, I, I, I have, I have two dogs, but my dogs are old. So they're like, they're, they're sleepy and, mm -hmm. uh, they, they have fun for a little bit and then, but like 85% of the day is nap time. Right. Just or like laying by the door in the sunlight. Sure. Uh, so they're, you know, I have like older ones, so they're not, I kind of miss like the, the rambunctiousness of like the, the younger dogs and like having to, when you, when it's like playing is fun, but when you're like, will you just lay down? Like yeah. I haven't had those days in years, man, cause they're just old and sleepy. Uh, but so I noticed one of your Kickstarter um, tiers is, is like a custom, zola video yeah how many have you have people been picking those up not a ton like it's a very weird reward to offer <laughs> but i figure like i don't know it's it's hard to exploit my dog any other way um <laughs> and you know like she's 
I've been paying for everything since she moved in. Like she hasn't, she hasn't contributed at all. So yeah. I figure the least she, she can do is like, yeah, is uh, is let me monetize her for for my Kickstarter, for my B comic. See, that's one of my favorite things about Kickstarter is, well, I mean, I love the comics. I love the freedom. I love um, the, I, I started reviewing comics and kind of fell into the Kickstarter world on accident. And then like the podcast and stuff started happening. And so like, now I'm super into it, but I love that, that weird, the, the weird shit, like the, the sketches from writers who can't draw and like, uh, you know, just the little Kickstarter oddities, stickers, sure. pins, bookmarks, all that, you know, like, um, I dig all that stuff. I, or I like when, well, when I think Charles Soule, uh, in, uh, or soul, I can't ever, I always say Soule people make fun of me. I'd say, but that's like, I speak I how ask. I spell. That's much fancier <laughs> than I think Charles says it. Uh, but he, uh, when he did the, uh, uh, the, curse words kickstarter uh when they did that uh mm-hmm. like i mean he was they wrote like poems and and spells and did songs and for ten thousand dollars you could buy a van and they would <sighs> drive it to you like i, I just you know, I, it's like a unique you know niche of like comic booking and like I, it's it's getting more popular but i still have friends that are like it's too expensive i don't know it's weird like and I, i'm i'm trying to like you just kind of want to grab people and shake them and be like just do it Sometimes they yeah, I mean, but it is it, it is a lot like it's a lot to commit to. Um, but I mean, I, I do like the freedom of it where you can just kind of offer. It's an experiment, really. Like, so, you know, this is our first Kickstarter for Falbrid. We're going to be kickstarting the other issues uh, in sets of two, I think. Um, so like, yeah, so I, I'm doing this. I'm seeing like what works, what doesn't. And then for the next one, I can like tweak, uh, I can like pull stuff that doesn't work and then add stuff that I want to test out. And, um, so it is interesting, but you know, I don't blame anybody for not, <clears throat> not kickstarting. Um, cause there is, you know, it's a big commitment. You're basically putting yourself on the hook for, you know, a lot of work, uh, yeah. uh for, for not a ton of money. So, uh, you have to be like really committed to wanting your wanting your thing to be real, I think, uh, to get you through it. But I think that's why some of these comics are so great is because there's so much like heart and love and, and effort that goes not just into the creation of the comic book, but like getting them out there. And then you gotta, yeah. then you gotta come and talk to weirdos like me for to get, to get your, you know, get the word out and get, get the hype up. Uh, but I mean, I, it, it's, it's interesting. Like which was one of the reasons why, you know, I asked you earlier, like why Kickstarter now is just like, you have a, you have a really great, you know, bibliography, you have an impressive mm-hmm. line of work and, and a lot of it too. Like you are, you are no slouch in, in the comic book world. Like you, you pump out the jams. And so that's why it was, um, it was just interesting to me. Like, you know, like you've worked with vault and all these people and, and it, it was, I was kind of wondering like what the thought process was coming from like, Oh, let's do Kickstarter. But I also know that like with publishers, like, like you said, they'll, they'll hang it on the rack for a while and like wait well, for the right yeah. time. And there's also, you know, only so many, you know, a publisher is not going to commit to doing a, a heap of, you know, they'll commit one book at a time, you know, um, except under very different, you know, uh, very extenuating circumstances will they offer you more. And so, and there's a limited amount of publishers out there. Um, so there's only so many I can hit and some of them, you know, it's like, uh, I just, I don't have the money to fund, you know, getting an issue or two done before it even comes out, 
you know, the, the, the gap between making your book and then when you actually get paid for it sometimes is really wide. Mm. Um, so Kickstarter just sort of cuts out that gulf and it's just like, you know, here's the 30 days you have to raise money. And then two weeks after that, you get your money. Um, and then you could pay the whole team. Everybody can like, you know, move ahead with like money in their pockets and like, feeling like okay cool like i've been paid for this work now to like fit well with us we're already done so everybody's just kind of you know been waiting to get paid so that's what this is going to do um and yeah i it's just you know um i don't you know there's uh, there's a million reasons why publishers say no to books or don't want to do a book and you know with kickstarter it doesn't matter if you can find you know three to three hundred people who want to read that book, then you're set. Like, yeah. and you know, screw all the, you know, sales figures and uh, market dynamics. Like, you know, if you want to put out a book that, you know, a publisher says, well, well, we don't really see a market for that. Like, well, then you go out and you find your market and that's how you get it made. And, you know, hopefully that like with short order crooks, you know, we just did it as a Kickstarter. I think like 500, 600 people total uh, were on that campaign, but now, uh, we sold it to Oni as a trade, and now you know it can reach a couple thousand more people. You know, uh, who knows how many? So, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time it's just about for me, it's about getting it out there because I, I just don't want to like sit and wait on these books. Like, I just want to make them, and this yeah, is the most direct way. One, I've been learning like a lot about the comic creation process since this, this like podcast started, like getting to talk to all these creatives. And like, I didn't realize that how like uh, months or even years sometimes between like someone telling you like, yeah, we're going to publish this to like, you can actually walk into a comic shop and find it. Like I didn't really. And then especially like with COVID and all the weirdness that's done with everything. And now we have like these supply shortages and everything's getting delayed all the time. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's a weird world. And, and I guess I never really, you know, like it, it's, um, you know, I, it's like, you look at the pizza and it looks delicious and you eat it. Right. But then like, you don't think about like, Oh, like pizza does kind of a bitch and you have to like, let it sit for overnight sometimes, depending on what kind of dough you make and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so like learning like the, the moving parts and like, how it all works has been really intriguing. Uh, but it's, it's also like kind of a bummer cause it, it sucks that like, there's so much talent out there now. And, it, and it's, it's a bummer when like you guys get, you know, put behind a wall or like run into a corner you can't get out of. And, and I do think that uh, Kickstarter is, is helping with that, especially now when it's, it's more popular. It doesn't have like, you know, there, it doesn't put like that self-publishing metallic taste in people's mouths like it does in, in the world of like regular literature and poetry and stuff sure uh, and you know it's like people <clears> love it and um and it, I, I don't know I, I think it's cool i just uh it, uh it's it's strange to me when um i always thought it would be easier to like work you know for the man in some instances but i guess sometimes it's like you know if, if you can if you can bear the weight on your own shoulders like you know shipping advertising promotion and all that um, yeah. Does that uh, like how's shipping? Like, what do you do? You do all that yourself? Are you, uh huh. Yeah. It's it's awful. I hate it. Um, <laughs> my my policy with shipping, like in the past, has been like, um, I just get really stoned and I put on a movie that I've seen before or a TV show, and I just like sit there and like 
pack envelopes for a couple <laughs> hours. Um, yeah, there's something kind of Zen about it, but yeah, it's no fun. Um, but you can set it, I've set it up to where I can do everything at home. And then all I have to do is just take all the packages to the post office and dump them off. Like I don't have to stand in line. I don't have to like get each package individually done at the counter. So you find ways to streamline things, um, you know, like, but also there are more and more fulfillment services that like you can hire, hire somebody to, you basically give them all the packages and the whole, you know, uh, list and they ship everything off for you for, you know, a fee. But, you know, these things are all getting streamlined. I think, yeah, as we go, there'll be, it'll be easier and easier, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not ideal, but I, I, I feel like comics is the one to me, at least like comics is like the one industry that like, it's maybe the easiest to sort of make an inroad to like, I don't know. It still feels very open for, for somebody to just walk in with this thing they made and blow everybody's minds. And it's a lot harder for people to do, you know, in like, or writing prose or mm-hmm. movies or or any of that like it's just uh, there's a much higher barrier to entry but with comics like you know if you can raise whatever money you need to make it uh you can go ahead and make that thing and then you know get it you can you can get it on comicsology and get it out there that much wider i don't know it, it feels much more of a democratic thing than a lot of other creative industries yeah i i agree with that as i was in an mfa program for a while and um and you know like you have these like professors saying like oh like you're talented you can write and then you're like sending these stories out and just getting like stacks of rejection letters. And it's like, what am I doing wrong? Um, But like I said earlier, you know, in, in that realm, uh, you know, I, I used to like go around and and read poetry and coffee shops and stuff, you know, and, and people would have like these chat books that they paid for and had printed themselves, you know, and that it, people would be like, Oh, you know, it was, you know, like, it was like, Oh, you did that. It wasn't like, there was like an attitude about it. Sure. And, and and that still exists, but comics have surpassed that because like the, the self-publishing in, in comics is like, it's fucking rock and roll. It's punk rock. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it's the jam kind of, and, and I'm yeah, loving it. I that. mean, I think overall, like just uh, everything is, you know, um, you know, now you can release eBooks on, on, kin- you know, on Amazon for the Kindle and like, I don't know, it's much more. You don't have to go through like, you know, these, these company, you know, it used to be, if you wanted to self-publish a book, like you had to go to one of these places that like you pay them money and they print up like a skid of your books and just send them to you um, and charge you, you know, God knows how much. Um, (laughs) But nowadays, you know, it's so much easier to get your stories out there in a way that doesn't cost you, you know, like you just upload it. You find these different platforms where, I mean, you know, musicians have Bandcamp and SoundCloud, uh, you know, filmmakers have YouTube sort of um, and, and other platforms. Like, I don't know. It just feels like overall the the barriers to entry are not not nearly as insurmountable as they used to be. But with comics, you know, it was already, you know, you could just be a dude who was writing fan letters to a comic book. And, you know, a few years down the line, you could be writing one like there's just it's with cons and stuff i don't know it just uh, comics feels a lot more intimate like it's much easier to get in touch with the people who you know uh have kind of 
who write these stories that you like or draw these stories or you know do whatever um and i think yeah it, it, it crosses over into getting your books made and out there yeah everybody i've talked to seems to say like it's easier because that's like the one you know like as a i would love to like make a comic and i'm i'm thinking about pitching to uh the band of bards i'm I'm working with someone to pitch this deal to band of bards their horror anthology um and you know like i'm like really excited and nervous and you know like when i was in my mfa program i used to tell my thesis advisor i was like well you know like because i was the nerd i would be like sitting in the sitting in the hallway like reading comics waiting for class to start you know and like i was like the comic guy and, and then i told my professor i was like well you know i'd I'd love to write a comic one day. And he was like, why? And I was like, Oh, like I feel like dog shit. You know, I was like, I was like, Oh man. Uh, But you know, now it's like, everyone tells you, they're like, if you want to make comics, make them. And I used to be like, that's not good advice. Like, (laughs) like, yes, you can make stuff, but if you can't draw, you got to find someone who can draw and stuff like that, you know? Uh, So that's, uh, but I mean, it's also true though. Like get your, get your people together um, you know, if, if some people can, some people can put the money down and, and pay their artists and, and go that route. And, but it, it, I mean, we do live in a, we live in a world where you can, you can just make the comic, you can put it online. Like you said, you can upload it. It's like as terrible as the internet is, it's, it, it, sure, it is it good for something. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what's like the, what's, what's stressful like about, uh, well, obviously, so like a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, uh, it's, it's, you know, watching that money, right. You know, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're worried about it funding. Um, you don't seem to have that problem. Uh, so like, what's, what's, what's stressful about this campaign? Like you, you said, it's already done or you got the first two issues done, right? Yeah. So like, um, are, are you kind of like, are you just kind of sipping on, you know, sipping on a drink, you know, chilling till, till it's no, over no. or are you, are you like sweating? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I've been stressy since the moment I launched it. Like, um, <laughs> like, you know, even if it's doing okay, like you still watch the numbers constantly. I've tried to like not hover over it. Like I have in the past. Cause it's also, uh, it can be very like bad for your mental health of mm-hmm. like, you just start to conflate your self-worth with how much money did I raise today for my comic? Like, and it's just bad thinking. So I've learned enough to stop doing that. So I've tried to be mellow about it. Like I know, you know, Kickstarters always start out really strong Then you have the weird gooey middle where not a ton (laughs) happens. uh, And then it goes out really strong. Um, So, so now that I know that I've just been trying to distract, uh, distract myself with like other work and just, I don't know, put faith in the universe that we're going to, we're going to reach our goal um, (laughs) and that people will like it. So, I mean, I, I, I I would have really, I would be shocked if like people didn't like it. Like I said, I, I think you're a very talented writer. I think you're, 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 you're very, you're very funny. You have really great, uh, you have really great characters. You're also fucking ruthless sometimes, like in your, in your plots and stuff. Like, uh, like I said, Shanghai Red is, is, and, and High Crimes are two of my favorite things from you. And, And they're both like very like it's like intense action and but there's also like um the the character arcs are really great how these like characters like find themselves and like find their strength and like who they are as a person and how that helps them like carry them to the conclusion uh which which is just like awesome and it's a it's a good format like in your books like it it seems to work um noticing that uh just with the with your new comic uh dirtbag rapture like uh it it it's an intriguing idea to 
try and make us hate your protagonist like in the first issue and i love your writing how like in the in the uh exposition boxes when you're like i'm not really an asshole and like yeah. you you remind your readers that like a couple times during the issues but uh i'm like i love cat like uh, she is an asshole but like she's an asshole you kind of want to hang out with yeah, um, she's not the bad kind of asshole. Yeah, she's the the. I mean, who wants you know who wants to hang out with like boring people, right? Like she's very True. not boring. Like I, you know, like you, she died in a bathroom for a minute, high on cocaine and DMT. Like that's so metal. And like, <laughs> uh, but I mean, people are. People are loving that too. Like I've been seeing a lot of yeah. buzz about that. Uh, your first two issues are out with that. Uh, so you got, you got this new book out. You just did, um, oh, your Mad Cave book. The trade just came out. Oh, uh, Pantomime. Pantomime came out. So, I mean, like you're like releasing books from, from publishers. And then in the midst of all this, you're like, oh, let's do a Kickstarter campaign. Like yeah. you're, you're a busy dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I have a lot of ideas that I want to get out there. So, um, you know, but the the way comics works is like it all kind of for me, at least sometimes it all kind of clumps up. So mm. stuff that you've been working on for a while, they all start coming out at around the same time. So okay. it makes me look a lot more productive than I am, <laughs> um, which I try not to dissuade people of that notion like, <laughs> like no i work hard <laughs> you do i'm pretty sure you do you're not i do not. but i also i also you know have been playing a lot of bloodborne so um <laughs> so it's not like non-stop over here well it's, i mean I, you gotta you gotta take a break or you're gonna go crazy like i i yeah. kind of took think uh, with the holiday week and and so we had some family shit happen but like i i have i kind of took a break from like i had to cancel some interviews and and i read a shit ton of manga and i've been watching gundam and it was like dude it felt like a vacation like yeah. i took off work last week and it was just different and i read i finished akira and I, i've been kind of going through hell scene and uh man like i'm just kind of getting into manga and it's it's like blowing my mind because it's so similar to comics and so wildly fast paced yeah. and different too um but yeah it's just it's just nice to kind of switch gears to take a break sometimes and just get out of the bullshit yeah i know myself well enough that i have to build in these sort of escape hatches from work otherwise i'll just do it all the time and then i burn out super yeah. hard that's what everyone always tells me because i i do like I, you know, I, I, I group interviews together and, you know, November was so crazy with Kickstarter. I did like a couple episodes, of, uh, like a couple episodes a week to mm -hmm. help get some like Kickstarter promo out and, and stuff like that. And, and everyone's always like, you're going to burn out. And I'm like, leave me alone. Like you, you're telling me I'm going to burn out is not helping me not burn out. Like right. you're, you're not, this is, you're not helping. Thank you for trying to help, but you're not, you're not helping. Let me, let me do my goddamn podcast. Yeah. No <laughs> one can talk you out of burnout. You have to experience it yourself. It's yeah. To, to know and then you start figuring out when when the warning signs are coming so i think everybody should go through burnout uh at least once in their life do you like to stay busy like i, I feel like you do a lot of research for a lot of your stories uh, like i know with with foul brood you've you you learned a lot about beekeeping mm -hmm. uh shanghai red you know was was very much rooted in in some there you had tons of history there um uh going back to high crimes high crimes like the shit i learned about climbing and, and not just climbing but like the dangers of everest like all yeah, this yeah. shit like i didn't know anything about like it was so cool so like i feel like you 
you do a lot of research and that uh, that takes a lot of time. And so like, I'm what, what's like, how, like what prompts a story from you? Do you get like an idea for a character or do you hear like, did you, were you like, Oh man, beekeeping is weird. And you learned about beekeeping and then you built a story out of that. Like how, how's your mind work? Um, it, it varies like for Falbrood. I actually read a new story in 2017. I think it was 2017 about a guy who got busted with, uh, a bunch of stolen beehives. Um, and it was like, it was kind of a big news cycle for a few hours, like online, but I was just like captivated. I was like, why are people stealing bees? And that's how it, you know, that, that alone is enough to, to inspire a story. Um, you know, high crimes. I had been obsessed with Everest for a, a bit. Um, it's just like every year I would like, I would reread into thin air and like, yeah. I would, I'd read other Everest books and watch documentaries. Cause I was just fascinated. I was like, it's just insane. Like people spend, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to go Possibly through the die. worst experience <laughs> in their lives. Yeah. So they can stand on the, on this, you know, shitty little patch of earth for, you know, a few minutes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, now you have to leave. Otherwise you will die. Um, and that's all you get. Uh, and yeah, just the, uh, so yeah, that was like, well, that's like a perfect setting for like <clears throat> something crazy. Mostly I just pictured a, uh, there's a section of Everest of the climb of the most direct climb uh, that goes through this thing called the Kumbu Icefall, um, which is just like this huge field of uh, ice seracs that are all like half melted and then they freeze. And then when the sun comes out, they melt again, but like they're like the size of like giant buildings and you have to go through them. Um, and I was like, what if somebody started a gunfight there? I was like, that would be cool. Uh, <laughs> and that was, you know, so something as dumb as that can inspire the uh, Shanghai. Uh, I went on a, this like tourist trap tour here in Portland of the Shanghai tunnels um because they're they've excavated sections of it and they tell you this whole you know <clears throat> like they dig into the drama and they tell you a story about like oh yeah they transported bodies through here and like delivered them to ships like and most of it's bullshit but it's a good story um <laughs> and by the time we were leaving i had the whole opening of the book in my head um because there was enough like crazy facts that were true or true enough that i could work with them um, so yeah, really, it's just like, I, uh, mostly it's the idea first. It's the hook. It's, I mean, the hook is necessary because it has to hook me. Mm -hmm. So once I have the ideas sorted out, then character is the big thing that like, that's sort of the make or break thing is like, I can have a really cool concept, but if I can't, if I can't have a character who will carry the story, then it's just like a cool concept and who like, those are a dime a dozen. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely, that's my most favorite, most favorite part, um, is, uh, coming up with characters, like just creating fictional people, uh, especially if they're shitty. <laughs> I feel like you get very attached to, to your, your fictional beings. Like there's just, you know, some, you know, I read a lot of comics and there's, uh, you know, like I, I read, I read a lot of big two stuff and I love my X-Men and all that, but I feel like some writers really, especially when they get to make the thing and they're not, you know, you're not you're writing a Nightcrawler arc or a Wolverine arc or something when it's like, when it's your baby. But mm. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I get to know 
your characters in a different way when I read your stories than I do other other people. And I'm not saying like it, that it's bad writing, but I just I don't know. You're it, it's just they seem very real. They always seem real. The moves they make, even when like they're kind of unexpected, mm. you know, because you because you want to keep people on their toes and and sure. have beats that surprise people. But hey, even after that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. That would that would that would be something they would do and so i don't know i just they they feel very like grounded and real and and flawed Thanks. you know and dirty yeah. and like it's they make no i mean that's stories. that's that's what i like like that's what i like in stories that i consume and read and watch um is yeah i want i want a character who feels real even if you know they are shitty or you know <clears throat> do things that i don't agree with um uh, and and you know you know that you're onto something when a character will like basically tell you you know if you try to make them do something in a story that doesn't fit who they are like a character will you know in one way or another let you know that like uh, or you hope they will otherwise you're just going to write something shitty and everybody will see it <laughs> so i mean that's the trick is like making them real enough that you feel like it's a person that you know so then it's like you know, like, oh, I, you know, like I know my friend Linda, like, would Linda do this? <clears throat> and if you go like, no, there's no fucking way, then like, um, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, would, uh, you know, would Charlie and Crowded do this? And it's like, well, yeah, of course she would. So, um, yeah, it's just about getting them real enough to me that it takes a lot of work off my plate. Like, then I don't have to make guesses about what they'll do it's like they sort of they carry a lot of momentum if you create them well enough for me at least so that's great so like they kind of become real in your head and in a sense narrate their own path in these stories that you're creating i mean it's still uh, you. they're really yeah i mean like they're at least like holding my hand sometimes um yeah it's just about you know <clears throat> uh, my approach to writing stories is like i like to know even if I don't tell you half of the stuff that I know, I want to know as much as I can about everything and everyone. Um, and then, but, you know, just for my own, yeah, I'll probably won't put half of it actually in a book, but I know that's what it is. So you sort of establish rules for yourself with every book and every world that you build and the characters that you build. Like, even if you don't state them out loud, there are, there are rules. And so ideally, you know, when you're breaking them um, and you can pull yourself back before you screw it all up. <laughs> Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite baby? What of all my characters? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably Vita from crowded. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. She's just, uh, she's just like very frustrated and, uh, <laughs> um kind of a hypocrite and but like a complete badass in a way that like it, it feels effortless but then when you dig deeper you're like oh jesus this lady's a mess like <laughs> but she's very good at concealing it and like driving it all into her work um and yeah she's just like super fun to write and her and charlie from crowded are like I definitely felt very sad when I was done writing that because I was I could write just a ton more of just them hanging out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all all of them, you know, uh, I definitely mostly get to a point. I can't think of a time when I haven't of like where yeah, I I just like deeply attached to these characters, and then 
and then you have to break up with them. Like, uh, <laughs> and so I'm getting, I've gotten a lot better at it. Like when I finished high crimes, I was just like, ah, oh, I was just like hollow for a couple of days, but now I can like finish a book and then spin around and like get working <laughs> on something else 20 minutes later. So that's cool. I, I could see that. Like, especially with crowded, I, 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 I kind of wa- I wanted to talk to you about it, but I also know that like you, everyone you've talked to is like beating it to death with you. So I didn't want to be like, no, you. Uh, uh, but you know, like er- that was a big deal for you when it was coming out. Like that, that kind of blew up, and then it got. I remember it got optioned. Like, are mm-hmm. are we still gonna uh, see that on the on a screen one day? Uh, you, you know, who knows? Like, uh, option is m- option stuff is mostly exciting for the creative team because they get some money. Yeah. Um. But you know, that's no guarantee that anything ha- like Hollywood moves so slow. Like, because mm. they flew is- you out for for meetings and stuff too, right? Like, I yeah, I got flown out to L.A. to meet Rebel Wilson who who optioned it like her and the screenwriter that she hired. Like I have a copy of the script for the movie. Oh, cool. um, so, so yeah, it's been an interesting experience, like stuff I never would have experienced otherwise. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but whether any of that ever actually culminates in the movie is like, you know, a million, a one shot. I don't know. It's I'm just, I'm more than happy to like take part in these things. Cause I think they're fun and interesting and definitely not my usual life, but, uh i i try not to put too much stock in any of them actually coming true yeah is it what about the fear of like are they gonna fuck up your story like oh i don't care you know (laughs) like we're making the book we want to make like ultimately that's my my view of things is like we we made crowded the way we wanted to make it we didn't you know we didn't take notes from people that we had to like change this or change that um and at the end of the day like the three volumes that we made of crowded i am could not be prouder of and i think they they really stand for something if they went and made a movie and it was complete horseshit like as long as they wrote us all big enough checks (laughs) i don't care like because that's the other part is like if you do manage to get your thing made like the odds that it's going to be like you know, a, a perfect translation of what you did or, or somehow even better are so slim. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you know, like seeing a bad comic, a bad adaptation of a comic property, like does not reduce my, my love. I mean, certainly if I wasn't familiar with it, it might make me less apt to go search it out. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I, I, I just don't care. Like they could, you know, I always, and I, I always encourage whenever I have talks with these people is like, please like do something different with it. If you want, like, I'd much rather see someone's like translation of what we did, you know, and like, not like completely destroy what we did, but like, feel free to like move it somewhere else or, mm-hmm. you know, like shift around character stuff. Like, um, yeah, I, I just, if, if, if the check is there and it, and it, you know, pays for a lot of stuff, then that, <laughs> <laughs> to me would heal a lot of uh, a lot of any like bad feelings I'd have about oh and what a complaint like oh man they made a shitty movie of my comic like, <laughs> like so sad for you I always wondered how the 
that translated to like the creator viewpoint. Cause I mean, obviously like internet nerds, you know, like you fuck with a movie, you fuck with a comic, sure, everybody's sure. got an opinion. And, and then like, and it's so interesting. Cause you know, with so many, I don't talk about Marvel movies a lot. I like to watch them, but when you talk about them online, like people come for you and they get yeah, nasty yeah. and defensive and it's like, Whoa. Um, but you know, like, it's like people crave like, continuity and and oh this isn't what spider-man would do and then netflix puts out cowboy bebop and it's like a almost perfect translation of the anime and now and people are mad about that now they're like i wanted something different it's just like i'm pretty sure nerds are just perpetually unhappy and you can't do it and i'm one of them and i try to be really positive and stuff but it's just like like man it's like comic books are great and and they're distracting and they're fun and uh, the, the getting to know the people that make them is so cool and and it's just crazy how how worked up people get over some stuff and uh, and i'm just like don't like i don't i'm single and don't have kids or anything and like i don't have time for that shit right like who has time for that shit yeah i just feel like yeah i i mean it's it's you know like it's not like you're gonna your dividend check's gonna be bigger if this thing is somehow like i don't know it, it, there's a weird thing in fandom now of like people really obsessed with like box office numbers and mm. rankings and stuff like that and it's like um, unless your name is in the credits it shouldn't matter to you any of that yeah. stuff i don't I, but i mean i i understand it but i i I just kind of reached a point where I don't, I don't try to invest all my hopes in a thing. Like I'm much more cautious about stuff and it's just like, and then if it's good, it's like, Oh cool. That's a nice surprise rather than like, this has to be the best thing I've ever seen. And then you see it and it, you know, it's not like, it's just, maybe it's just great. Uh, Maybe it's less than great, but it's not, you know, the perfect thing. That stuff only leads to heartbreak. So I try to extend that to like, yeah, any translation of my stuff is like cool. Like if if they give us money that will allow us to make more books, like that's the reward. Like, and if we happen to get a good movie or TV show out of it, then that's that's a bonus. But I, I think you can only break your own heart and mind if you sit around like you know demanding or it, it, not demanding, but like sort of drawing a line in the sand. Like this has to be; they have to do it well, otherwise, like. I'll return the money. Like nobody's going to do that. So (laughs) I just think life is like disappointing enough. Like we gotta give, we gotta, we gotta separate ourselves from some things or it's just like a, it's like an incessant, like just, yeah. yeah. I I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I'm just like, you know, if, if the book turns out great, then cool. That's all I ever wanted. Um, and they can't, you know, if they made the shittiest thing in the world out of our book, it doesn't take away from our book being really great. You, I felt like when Crowded was coming out, um, cause I remember, I, I remember like you made the cool stickers and like, uh, you know, it was, you, you sold the stickers on your shop for a little bit. And like, um, you were also one of the, I, I always thought you were so gracious to your, uh, your fellow creators, your art team and, and other, like you always made sure like, you know, to tag people and to explain like all the mechanics of your comic and, and who was doing what, which a lot of people don't do uh, like not just in like reviewing and talking about comics, but the creators themselves, you know, it turns into like a, an artist and, and writer and a lot of like, you know, sometimes there's only two names on a cover still. And sure. like, there's a lot more names that worked on that comic. I guarantee you. Um, but I just kind of felt 
like when the first couple issues of crowded were coming out, like, I don't know, like you were really good about promoting it and talking about it. And so is your creative team. And like, I just, I kind of felt like you guys knew, like, you, did you know, you kind of caught lightning in a bottle? Like, did you have like, like good vibes about it? You were like, yeah, well, this is like, we're on to something here. Cause you seem like a, a humble guy and you're kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, like I made some cool comics. Like, thank you, but whatever. But like when this was coming out, were you like, okay, like we got, we got some money here. I mean, we all just, I think we all just knew that it was a really good book. Like, um, which, you know, sometimes you're, you're just not sure, but like crowded was just a book. I was always confident about like, even before, Row and Ted joined up. Like, I just knew the concept alone. I was like, this is a really good concept. If I can make it work, then I think it'll do well. Um, and that's pretty rare. Like, it's very rare that I get an idea and I'm like, mm, this is going to like, this is really good. Like, most times I'm just like, well, I think it's cool. <laughs> I sure hope like, you know, other people th- think it's cool too. Otherwise, I'm out of luck. Um, but yeah, like, I just, I think we just all knew and like, you know, uh, watching the book come together, like everybody was just like top of their game. Um, you know, I think it, it just, it felt pretty effortless. Um, like we never had to struggle very much to make the book that we make. Um, so yeah, I think that just sort of gave us all a bit of like uh, lightness in our step. Like we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to like fudge the truth or anything to say how great this <laughs> book is. And like, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm not a dude who like talks himself or his work up superlatively, but I had no hesitation saying how great crowded was. Yeah. It was uh, cause yeah, I, I, I just thought it was such a good idea too. Cause just like a comic about crowdfunding, but crowdfunded like murder and assassinate like i don't know like it, it was a really cool idea and and just like how the comic scene was kind of changed like beginning to change then you know like and it mm-hmm. you know we, uh, towards the towards the comics end crowded's in like i think we you know we were seeing more and more uh kickstarter stuff because like i only recently got into kickstarter uh like the last um you know, last year and a half or so. And, and it's, it's changed how I'm reading and purchasing comics. Like I mm-hmm. have, I have adjusted my pull list with the comic shop to help me get more uh, comics off Kickstarter. Cause I was like, so this is the kind of idiot I am. I'm the guy who's like, I'm going to get stuff digitally. Uh, Cause I don't mind digital and, and I've got, you can see the bookcases behind me, but what you can't see is my rampant COVID retail therapy piles of books all around me um because like you know getting uh books in the mail i was was like oh it's like i'm interacting with the world right Uh, right (laughs) but uh you know the i i get the digital one so i can back more and and try and cover more and support more kickstarters Mm -hmm. and then but but then like people start posting like oh i got the comic in the mail and i'm like man and right. then like I'll DM the writer and be like, you got any extra copies that I can buy? So like I like there's a lot of Kickstarters that I've bought twice, like once digitally and then again from mm-hmm. the from the people like that have extra copies after. And it it happens a lot, Chris. And I need to stop. <laughs> like I just need to like Yeah, you should just go all in like <laughs> uh first time out. Yeah. So but yeah, so I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to get better at that. I got 
I got yours. I got yours. I got the physical package for yours. Um, oh, thanks. Which I'm, I'm excited for. Yeah. I, I refuse, like, I would never have a, a person on my show. I, when I say that, like, when I say like, Hey, this Kickstarter looks cool. I'm backing it. Like I, I don't, uh, I like to put my money where my mouth is and mm. like, you know, I don't, I like to think that, well, I mean, I pick good people to interview. I made a joke to uh, uh carla nappy who did uh duplicate because she was kind of stressing about her money and i was like well just so you know i'm 100 on people i interview get funded and we laughed about it and and you know but i was like i, I was like i pick popular people like i have nothing to do with i mean right, i'm right. sure some people <laughs> like listen to me and back stuff but you know i'm not like a i'm not like a fucking internet rock star you know like i'm not i'm not podcast royalty but but yeah i i do have like a solid track record of people i interview and, and their stuff gets funded but yeah like i i don't um i i like to i like to put good comic books into good people's hands like i i think and i think we need more of that like uh a writer told me like there's always going to be batman and there's always going to be x-men like they're not going to go anywhere you know but like these other comics you know like some a lot of people aren't going to know about them and right. unless unless you get unless you tell them and i like to, and i mean, obviously you see that i like to talk i don't shut up ever so like you know i like to i like to talk comics and i, I like uh i like the indie world and this kickstarter world and that's why I was like super excited when I found out you were kickstarting. I was like, Oh shit. Like I was, that, I was like on you. I was like, Chris, let me interview you. Please say yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, uh, like I, I don't like, I, I'm getting over the not liking. I just don't like what Kickstarter does to me. I don't like, like what a wreck it turns me into for like 30 days of like <laughs> just anxiety and like, and then the like you have the anxiety through the whole thing of like will we get funded and then you get funded and then you have the anxiety of like oh now i have to like do all this work um but yeah i mean i just you know i just want to do as much stuff as i can and i my plan is to do more kickstarter stuff more consistently like i just want to i i don't want to be i don't want to wait around and to get permission to do the kind of stuff i want to do and the nice thing about crowdfunding is like, you don't need anyone's permission. Like you just like put it up and see who salutes it. That is very Christopher Sabella on brand. I feel like, like, I don't want to wait around for permission. Like that's like, that's like the Christopher Sabella tagline. I feel like it, it does fit with a lot of my uh, employment history, at least. <laughs> I mean, you've, um, so you've, I've noticed, you know, recently, like, or not recently, like the last few months, like you've kind of, um, You've, you've kind of backed off your, I mean, you're, you still like are on Twitter and stuff, but you're not, you're not as heavy on the internets as you used to be. Um, and I think does, is that helping your, um, like your, is that helping your mental state? Like, and then also, is it fucking with you now? Like when you are backing off the internet and then you're like, Oh shit, now I'm crowdfunding. And like, I have to be like all over the internet again. Uh, I, I mostly backed off just cause I, I just didn't have anything to say. Um, I didn't have anything <laughs> like coming out and, uh, yeah, this year was like tricky for me. I don't know. Like when we got to the end of 2020, I was like, or I think mostly like when they announced the vaccines, I was like, okay, cool. Like then I could see an ended site. Um, and then, and I was like, next year, like 2021, that's going to be a good year. Like I'm going to, I'm not going to let, you know, the shit that got me down this year 
go with me and of course it followed me in the 20 like <laughs> you can't just like say like stay away you have to stay on this side of this like arbitrary dateline um <laughs> so yeah it was just a lot of like processing leftover shit from 2020 and um you know like uh, yeah i just didn't have much to say so i'd much rather like just not uh, like i don't know i use social media too much as it is like i'm on twitter too much so uh not like i did anything much better uh in that like i i, I really leveled up my my red dead online character um <laughs> and uh yeah smoked a lot of weed um but yeah i didn't like um but being back is fine like it's uh um and doing promo is good like i just have to get used to like this is such a crucial part of uh you know doing this job and i've it's always been such an afterthought for me just because i don't I'm just not very good at it like I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like i'm good at writing books i'm good at like putting a book together and that but i'm very much of like the like okay well i made the thing and here's where you can go get it now i'm gonna go work on this other thing um <laughs> and i you know this so this is part of a, a much longer process of me getting better about like selling myself and my my books my library um yeah and just sort of being better overall about self-promotion but like trying to do it without being obnoxious uh which is <laughs> like been the trick with kickstarter this time around is like i want to talk about it but also i i you know i i, I sort of mostly i sense it in myself of like well i'm fucking tired of talking about it so people must be tired of hearing about it <laughs> so like last week i backed off a lot also it was thanksgiving i was like nobody's gonna be like nobody's fucking like Hmm, what can I give money to like <laughs> sitting around like digesting Turkey? So, um, so yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's been, a, I've had a lifelong weird relationship with the internet and I expect that to continue, uh, <laughs> forever and ever. So it is a weird place. I, I, it's, it's an interesting world in, in, in comics and, and self-promotion. How, I mean, it's just, it's kind of cliche, but a, a lot of writers and artists, it's a solitary deal. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you know, you're writing at home in your office, or sometimes you got to go to a coffee shop and write at a coffee shop so that people know you're writing. And, you know, like a lot of people like to do that. I never did that. Like, I had to be oh, like, hidden in a in a like in my room in silence like i can't listen to music i just i have to listen to click like the keys tap and and my own breathing um and like so it, it's so solitary and 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 a lot of us are awkward and you know we're just kind of weird and and it's uh being sociable is is different for a lot of us than it is you know for a lot of outgoing people and because just with creatives there's so much going on like inward in, in our own selves and it's funny like comics expects you to like oh well you have a kickstarter you gotta do like 40 interviews this month and then oh you right you gotta look you better go to all these cons and table up and sell yourself and it's like that you they expect like the you know us us awkward weirdos to be like Hey, my name's Blake and I got everything you want. Like come over here to table 18 or whatever, you know, like, it, and it's mm -hmm. just, it's funny how they kind of like force you into these like highly sociable uh, instances when you're, you're like totally not used to that at all. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it, I, I, I really like cons for, for that kind of, like, I like the aspect of like being thrown into the social pool for cons. Like, 
which is why I think part of what like messed with my head for the last two years is I didn't go to any, so I didn't have, you know, there is a thing of like comics people. There's so much of us are just like working alone in our rooms, uh, um, you know, and like, we just talk to each other through social media and emails and stuff. So um, every cons are like summer camp to me. They're like really <laughs> compressed summer camp. Like you, you know, sometimes it's a four day show. So it's just like four days of like, uh, you know, you have to do stuff. You have uh, a table to sit behind, but like, I don't know, there's a, you know, you go from like talking to like a half dozen people that you would normally talk to in any given day um, or less. And then suddenly you go in a scenario where you're talking to like dozens of people a day. Um, I love it. Like it, it's, I definitely have to get my sea legs, but I, I, I really like being sort of forced to be extroverted because it's so not in my nature but once i get into the rhythm of it it like it clicks mm. um and i get this weird vision of like oh this is what i would be like if i wasn't me like <laughs> so it's always kind of interesting yeah i remember you used to post because i mean you're you're very vocal about about your your love of marijuana and it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing and, and i think I like that it's like getting more and more legal. So like we can like talk about it and not feel dirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but people would like, people would come to your table and like give you edibles and stuff. Yeah. No, it was great. I would like post before shows. I um, mostly at like Emerald city. I'd be like, uh, you know, up to make trades. Like if you want to bring me <laughs> weed or edibles, like, and yeah, people would bring me like crazy edibles. Um, there was one year where three different people brought me a flask uh, with the with uh, like filled um, like, yeah, but but weed is always uh, like I think that was right before I think it was legal in Seattle, but it wasn't legal in Portland yet. Mm. So I was like, hey, people of Seattle, like bring weed, but then you can do it out of town, too, which is awesome. Like you can be like, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, uh, in this state that doesn't, uh, have illegal weed. So, uh, if anybody wants to bring some by, like, I'd be more than happy to like trade for books and stuff. And like people will, um, did you ever have like a oopsie moment where like someone gave you a gummy and you ate it at the show and you were like, uh Oh no, I try not to get high at shows okay. mostly because it's like a waste of weed. It's like you're really high, but you still have to maintain, you still have to sit behind your table until 7 PM. Like you can't just like go out on a freewheeling adventure. So um, there was a show I did the only time I've done C2E2, but, uh, and this was pretty early in my career, but like high crimes was still coming out and a dude came by and saw high crimes and like raised his eyebrows. He's like high crimes. eh?" He's like, any any uh, weed smoking going on in there? And I was like, yeah, there's some. And then he's like, would you want to would you want to trade perhaps? And like opens up his like cigarette pack and there's a joint in there. I was like, yes, yes, let's work out a trade. And it was some of the best weed I've ever smoked. Like I got <laughs> so high and I was like, what the? F-? I had to come all the way to Chicago to get like some of the best. And I have no idea what it was. Um, but it was great. Uh, so it works out like, um, and I'm super glad that like, yeah, we're, we're slowly getting to a point where it's, it's more kosher to talk about it because people talk about like for the years I've had to sit through people like using the untapped app of like, Hey, I had this beer at this place. And like, or like people <laughs> posting photos of like, here's my double Glenn LeVay. 
Uh, and it's like, they're the same. Like it's yeah. like, there shouldn't be a stigma. And I'm not one of those like Cheech and Chong stoners. Who's like, you know, everybody needs to get high and like um, listen to shitty music. Like, I just think everybody should have the opportunity to get high if they want to. Yes. Um, and it shouldn't be a criminal concern. Like, like, yeah, weed is so in effect. Like, yeah, there's a lot more people in jail tonight as we speak because they drank too much than people who smoke too much weed. And I, it just seems like really dumb. Uh, so I'm glad we're sort of wising up uh <laughs> slowly slowly but surely i was i was a bouncer for seven years so like i very much saw and did i, I did some hellaciously stupid shit and mm-hmm. like and and i was you know sometimes i miss it but most of the time i don't like i like i miss it for like a second and then i think about it and i'm like no like sure. i'm very much like like my office job that I now get to work from home in and like, like, you know, the, 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 the screaming college people and like, I don't, I don't miss getting punched in the face. Like it was nice to learn that I could take a punch. Like that was right. an interesting experience, but like, yeah, you got, I'm sure you got some good stories out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, but yeah, it's, I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen people like I've seen the, I've seen the car wrecks. I've seen the, the bad stuff that's happened to with like coworkers and, and like, I, like I said, I got lucky a couple of times and it, it's just like, you, you don't, you don't get that on, on marijuana. Like I still yeah. remember when, when concentrates were first getting talked about and when, when people were, you know, running the wax with butane and like a mm-hmm. couple people like blew up their apartments. Oh yeah. But then they, that started off like, like when the news anchors got to it and it was like the new meth lab, like, you know, and it was like, it's like, Oh, this is ridiculous. And and like that started happening and i was like man we're never gonna get concentrates in kansas city because it was like it was so like uh for uh, for a little bit like you could get in just as much trouble for having a gram of wax as you could a gram of cocaine and like that's fucking bizarre yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so yeah it's, i'm glad i'm glad times are changing and i i cut back a lot so i have to be careful because like I do, I do gummies a lot. My buddy has a grow license. And so like, he makes like these legal gummies and like he lives down the street and it's, it's fucking awesome. And like, and and they're mellow and I can, I can handle it. And like, if I really don't have anything to do, I'll eat two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But dude, I got, we're my sister and her boyfriend are are big stoners. Right. So Wednesday, Wednesday night, we're pre-gaming or not pre-game. We're pre-cooking for Thanksgiving because we do brunch Mm. and like, dude, they gave me this gummy and I'm so used to like the body high with gummies. Right. And I like that a lot. And, and, but this was all in my head, dude, I couldn't fucking talk. I was like, I'm in the kitchen trying to cook. and I forgot what sweet potatoes were called. And I was like, hand me the, 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 and they're all making fun of me. They're like, the, 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 and I was like the orange tater tots. And they were like the fucking sweet potatoes. And I was like, Oh God. But I mean, just like, dude, it was crazy. And and so I just have to be careful because it, it, it gets into like instant nap time or I get real fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I hate getting real, you know, like I hate being that guy. Cause I used to smoke all the time and now I don't. And so yeah. like, I know that like, I'm not dying and my heart's not going to explode, <laughs> but it's like, when you, I get too high and I'm like, fuck, like, I forgot what this was like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all, it's always a fun, like unfun, uh, like, oh, right. This is what happens when I take too much. Like, yeah. Uh, and just trying to like, well, I better enjoy it. Cause I know this isn't going to like, this is going <laughs> to last at least for another hour or two. 
but yeah, it's, I, I mean, I still, like I said, I still love it. I just have to be careful. I, I interviewed uh, Tony Gregory has been on this show a couple of times and, mm. and he likes to smoke. And he, we did uh, uh star weed, his comic about space weed that was on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I ate a gummy before. Cause I figured uh, Alex Wilson, the, the writer, like I figured they were both stoners, you know? And so like, I'm half lit up when this internet, when the, or when the interview starts and, and I told him, I was like, I was like, well, you know, like I, I had to get in the mindset because I'm talking to the star weed guys. And, and Alex Wilson was like, oh, I, I don't even smoke weed. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this is, this is going downhill quick. But it ended up being awesome. But yeah, I was that was one of the last times I was like, I don't know if I'm going to smoke before an interview again, because that got like weird for a second. Yeah, I try to like at least just save it for when I uh, when I know I don't have to like make a lot of sense. Uh, except to myself like i can always translate myself well high but i uh, it's questionable whether other people can <laughs> whether other, other people are picking up what you're what you're putting down yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i guess i uh we've we've talked about everything but <laughs> but foul brood oh, i yeah. apologize no no it's fine um so you got you got this new kickstarter coming out mm-hmm. um i know there, there there's bees and guns you the cover is so cool like i know they say not to judge a book by its cover but your that cover is really dope yeah the, no it's it's one of the best covers i've ever had on a book of mine so. and your the art looks really good you you have a long history of uh you're very good at, at if you're the one who's picking your artist you always do a really good job of that i've i've been lucky yeah uh claire and i worked together before on welcome back so she's somebody i've been trying to work with again ever since welcome back ended nice uh so what um what is i guess this is gonna be me i'm this is a lazy your lazy podcast host why should we back this book other than it's written by you and it has really great art and like it just looks awesome like what's 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 special about like what what's what are you excited about your readers finding um i just think it's like a different kind of book than a a lot of i mean it's certainly different than a lot of uh big two books but even like from a crime comic perspective like we're doing a much sort of much more of a slow burn kind of thing it's a rural crime thing so it's not like bunch of big city dudes you know gunning it out it's you know uh, our main characters are uh a, a woman who owns uh an apiary who gets all her beehives stolen and she's in the middle of a place she doesn't know and has to track them down uh there's a bee thief who's basically like a career criminal and screw up who like has stumbled into a line of work he's actually good at which is stealing bees um he he is being protected by this rural crime family um and they're uh like a retired couple who used to professionally grow weed but now they're retired but they're back out of retirement because they lost all their savings and like a pyramid scheme so (laughs) um and they have a pack of grandkids who live out in their barn who are all like uh psychopaths um and then there's a pair of like rural cops who are mostly responsible for like tracking down tractor thieves and shit that nobody cares about. And they get sucked into this thing that gets really out of control really fast. Um, It's, it's, I, it's a book that I knew the moment I, I started like making notes about it and figuring out what it was. I knew it was going to be really good 
because it felt unlike anything else I've done before, but also completely sort of in my wheelhouse, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a really good book and people aren't making books like this, uh, except for us. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is your only source to get uh, a book like this. Rural, r- rural. I hate saying that word. It's so hard to say. <laughs> rural. Rural. Um, so would you, would you call it, would you call it like rural noir? Like, would, is that, or is it, are yeah, you, it's not really noir, not but, really, no. uh, like, but noir is such a bastardized term that, uh, I'm I, sure I, feel I like have you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of use it for like everything. Yeah. As long as there's a gun in it, like you can call it noir. Um, <laughs> gun, foul language, at least one attractive woman, Sure. Uh, we got and, a, it all. and a private private investigator. Then you're really good if you got a private. Yeah, we we don't have a private eye, but we got all those other things. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just like uh, I don't know. It feels uh, you know more than more than one person has brought up that it feels Fargo-ish. Ooh, um, that's a so, good comparison. Yeah, that's a that's comparison it. I'll take all day long. Yeah, I was uh, like, I don't think movie or TV show. I'll take <laughs> them both. Um, so yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's a thing that felt impossible when I started working on it, but the moment it clicked for me, I just knew it was going to be really good. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm confident about it the way I was confident about Crowded. I just think it's a, you know, I think everybody is doing amazing work on it, and you know, we're already working on issue three, so. It's a thing that we're all fully on board to finish. Um, and, you know, you don't have to wait. Like our first two issues are done. They're just waiting for the money to print them and ship them out. So there's not much risk there. Um, and yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I tried to make it so that whatever tier you give at, uh, that you back it at, like you're getting more than you know, you're getting your money's worth and then some, um, like if you back a physical level, then I send you all the digital stuff, which includes like sending you both issues, just inks and then just colors with no letters on it. Like, so, um, and I'm sending scripts for each issue. Like, so for people who are interested in like how a book comes together or like, you know, how to write a book, um, could be useful or just as a curiosity um yeah i'm just trying to trying to make it worth everybody's while to back it and like yeah this is the only way it gets made really like we can't you know um we can't turn around and like magic out some other way to make it so kickstarter is it for us and um yeah you you'd be foolish not to back it I think so. I, and I like that you guys are doing the, the two issues at, at once that the, my only gripe about Kickstarter is the, is the weight. Sure. And, and, and it's, you know, it, it's not, it's a very pathetic gripe, you know, cause it's like be patient. Um, but that's, that's the one downside of Kickstarter is where the, the monthly release is hard to, yeah, yeah. Or, or basically impossible to, to happen. Um, but I mean, releasing two issues simultaneously is a, is a good way to combat that. And you said you're going to try and keep doing that, right? Like you'll do one and two and three and four. Uh, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the ultimate goal is that we make more than what we're asking this time around. And basically all the extra money goes into production mm. of issues three and four. So if, if we make enough, uh, which would be, I think like would be like 7,500 over our, our 15k goal if we make that then that pays for issue three um so then the next one would i don't know maybe be the last three issues but um yeah i mean i've already scheduled in my head when we're doing the next kickstarter 
which I think should be in February. Um, so yeah, January is all about like shipping everything out to everybody. Um, so yeah, I've, I've tried to work it out to where it's as efficient as it can be. And, you know, these first two issues, it's 50 pages of comics and a bunch of back matter stuff. So it should feel like, uh, no fucking advertisements. That's my favorite part. Yeah. No ads. <laughs> uh yeah just pure comics front to back how many so you said the last three issues so are you thinking like a five six like total five, six total okay yeah and then so, yeah. would you like i i've been noticing on some kickstarters where like they'll do like the singles and then like you'll come back at the end and do like a trade do you guys is that is that an interest or does that kind of depend on how the following campaigns go i guess uh i mean my, in a perfect world we would put the trade out through a publisher okay um just to give it a, a much wider uh, audience because there's only so many people you can reach on Kickstarter is the one mm. downside of Kickstarter is like, you know, I was talking about the campaign today and there were people who were like, oh, this is the first I'm hearing of it. So it's like, you know, there's, it's just hard to reach everybody. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're printing books based on your backers, then that means there's a limited amount of yeah. how many exists in the world, so on and so forth. So, yeah, the, the for me, ideally, we would find a publisher to partner with who would put out the trade, and then it would be you know widely accessible, like in libraries and comic shops all over the world. But I've heard I'm not helps. opposed. Sorry. I'm not opposed to like us doing the trade ourselves. But um, yeah, I never say never to anything at this point. I, I've heard it helps, like when you after after one and two come out like when you it, it helps to shop it around like after a successful kickstarter like mm -hmm. it, it's kind of easier to to you know, like gain the interest of a of a publisher like once you have those like physical copies in your hand and you can show them that like hey like you said no before but like people right. wanted it and it's a thing now and you're yeah. a big dummy <laughs> no i mean i'm 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 certainly uh yeah i'm up to uh i'm up to entertain all offers but i think we were just super eager to like get it out there so we're barreling ahead when you mentioned about like someone telling you that it's the first they're hearing about it does that just make you want to like throw a glass against the wall cuz you're I, you've been you've been pretty vocal online and saying like, Hey, I've got this Kickstarter and so is your creative team. And it's yeah. just like, <laughs> I mean, no, it, you know, people have lives like people aren't, you know, some people just aren't tuned in as deeply. Um, you know, it depends on the algorithm and like a million other things. So that's why, you know, I, you have to just like keep banging the drum and, but that's why I'm trying to figure out a way to do it where it's like, okay, I want to reach the people who haven't heard about it while also not like turning the people who have heard about it 16 times into like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck this guy. I am tired of hearing this. Uh, so that's that's the balance I'm trying to figure out. You're like, I don't ever want to see another goddamn bee again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't want that. So it's, it's trying to find, yeah, some sort of medium that works. Uh, and I still don't know what it is, but that's part of the experiment. So you mentioned on, on Twitter the other day, uh, right? Like right after like you and I talked and, and set a date, you, you mentioned how you were like, Oh, I forgot that like the weird crowdfunding people like come out of the corners. Uh, like we're in, you're, you're talking about like the, 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 the promotional services, right? Like, the, yeah, you have to like, you have to like pay them and, 
And all they do is like email people like me and and say, hey, will you interview Christopher Savella? I guess I don't know what they do, but they're in my <laughs> they're in my inbox every day, like promising, like, you know, like we'll get and they they never refer specifically to what I'm making. They'll, they're just like, we can get your products in front of, you know, millions of eyes. And it's like that doesn't really help me unless, you know, like <laughs> they belong to half a million people who love comics. Like <laughs> It's uh, yeah. So I, I forgot all about it. Like it's certainly become a lot more aggressive since the last time I did a Kickstarter, but yeah, all these people just sort of prompt, you know, it's just another grift people promising like, Oh, like we can, we can help you like smash your goal by 200%. It's like, meh, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't trust anybody uh, just sending me random emails. I probably shouldn't talk shit. Cause I, I get I, some of the review copies and stuff I get are, are like, I, I really dig super fan promotions. They're, they're actually, they seem yeah, like yeah. really good people. Um, and they, they've, they've hooked me up with a couple interviews and stuff. And, uh, but I, I always kind of wondered about that. Cause it's like, it's obviously a service, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, and I could see how some, uh, you know, some people, if, I guess, I mean, I guess if you got the scratch and you want to itch, you know, like go for it, but I like, I guess there's, I guess there's a difference between like a reputable, like people, you know, that are familiar with your product and familiar with you and your brand and say like, Hey, I could maybe help you as right. opposed to just like the rant, like the random, like Instagram, I get so many Instagram spams and I have like 200 followers on Instagram I have yeah, nothing yeah. on Instagram. And they're always like, we can get you to like tens of thousands for a nominal. And I'm like, I'm not fucking the day Blake Morgan pays for followers like, no, like I, I, uh, that just, I don't understand. And, and I know a lot of people do it and I guess it helps like, just like a lot of like the blogs and stuff do like the giveaways and stuff like, Hey, sure. follow me and I'll give you comics. And I always like told myself, like, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, I was like, I want people to come for Blake, not for like the books. I don't want that. I give away. You right. know? <laughs> like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, uh, yeah. The number doesn't really matter if, you know, if half of them are made up then like that only really like, so you're just trying to make yourself look cool to people who only matter people's worth by their numbers, by their metrics. Yeah. It's like, is that really the crowd you want to like endear yourself to? Oh man. I just, I just had a, I went off on, uh, I won't, you know, drop any names or anything, but I, I, I review for vault. I review for image. Boom. Um, I, uh, aftershock, like I get, I'm very blessed with the amount of publishers that, give me free digital comics to talk about them and, and get the word out. Mm -hmm. And like, I emailed a very small publisher and was like, Hey, you know, my name's Blake. I, I do this podcast and this book looks really cool. And I was wondering if I could review it. And they came back at me and they were like, you know, we went to your YouTube page and you only have like a couple videos and they only get like, one of them had 14 hits and one of them had 40. Like, you know, what, what are you really bringing to the table here? And I was like, Whoa, I was like that, like kick a man when he's down. Like, <laughs> dude, they made me feel like a little piece of dog shit that they were like. And then, and then I told them, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I, uh, I was like, my, my podcast is four months old. I get about, you know, I'm getting about 250 views a month and it's climbing. I was like, my blog gets about a thousand hits a month. And, and I know these numbers aren't like insane, but like, I've, I haven't been doing this long and it's getting better. 
and and like you know if fucking vault has faith in me why don't you like right. but you know i was like whatever I, so I told him all this and i was like if you really want my numbers like here they are and they very much like gave me this email reply of like oh that's cute we'll put that on the refrigerator and i guess we'll send you this digital copy i was like i'll never i didn't say this but i was like i will never review your fucking comic right book. i was like i don't care if it wins awards i don't care like i'll never know like so i was just like man i as a reviewer like usually like dude the other day some someone uh mailed me a physical copy like i asked to review this book and, and they're like yeah what's your address i was like well you you're gonna fucking send me like a real book in the mail mm -hmm. i was like that blew me away so yeah i was just like i was like man like that just <laughs> it's like you really really put blakey in a corner on that one man <laughs> so yeah it was, uh it's, it's a weird it's a weird world and and uh i don't i i hate that i hate that term metrics and analytics and and yeah. I, I, I i'm the same man like I, I look at my podcast numbers and at some weeks i'm like oh shit and then other weeks i'm like i'm a fucking failure never going anywhere you know like it goes back and forth but yeah it's uh yeah that's why i try to not look at the numbers uh as much as i can it's just it, like if i'm happy world. yeah if i'm happy with what i've made then like you know the rest will sort itself out at some point um i know it's getting late and i had one more thing i wanted to talk to you about before sure. before we uh before we cut loose uh you've noticed that the clown motel has like redone itself right uh -huh. it's like it's yes. like a bright children's palace of like dreams yeah, and no, wonder now they've really leaned into like being a tourist like before they were a tourist trap on accident and now they've just like yeah they've gone full clown do you uh, do you think that happened because it uh, i feel like do you think your your zine like no 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 it's because the the dude who owned it sold it um, oh okay so yeah it's new owners i read a whole article about the new like the dude who bought it he like got money from his brother um his brother was like listen i'll give you money to like buy a motel um as an investment like to build a business and somehow this dude stumbled onto the clown motel and uh the dude who was selling it who i met while i was staying out there um bob uh he, he was trying to sell it for like an insane amount of money I, and i assume he must have come down but yeah this dude bought it from him and I think he was, yeah, a writer. Like that was his goal all along was like, I'm going to make this place garish as fuck. Like, and it's like, it was kind of garish before, or at least like the sign outside, but otherwise like it just looked like a rundown motel. But yeah, now it looks like a, like one of those like haunted houses you see at those carnivals that come to town <laughs> for like a couple of weeks every summer. Um, so yeah, it feels like the magic is, is gone. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really impressive. First of all, just the 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 zine itself, like the the way you you printed it, and I really liked the way you structured it through like tweets. Um, nice. Yeah, like that was just really cool. I, I wasn't ex I didn't know really what I was getting when I ordered that from your shop, mm -hmm. uh, other than like you selling it like talking about it online and i was just like this is fucking nuts and like the the, the terrifying pictures you posted like the the like graveyard like step outside to the the fucking pet cemetery basically outside like yeah yeah and um but yeah when i got the when i got the zine in the mail and and you i love how you included like the piece of clown suit like that mm -hmm. was just like 
uh really just just smart packaging um also also listeners always feel free to buy from chris's shop because he handles with care and knows how to pack and ship products and he does it quickly and i appreciate that as a consumer and i want people to know that uh they they should buy these things from you you'll sign it and take take care of them that way and stuff which mm-hmm. is very cool uh but yeah like just uh structured with the tweets and the pictures and it was a very different kind of reading experience that i wasn't expecting uh and just like just the fucking craziness of it all like i don't know if i could have stayed at night because your first day out there they were like cleaning up a murder like did someone kill themselves in a trailer or something oh no that that was like week three i think okay how long were you out there total 30 days 30 days man 30 days in like a few hours i think (laughs) like i got there um yeah, like in the middle of the or like early evening, um, and then I left super early, like as early as I could. When I left, I was like so excited to get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, it was terrible. Like a lot of it was just like rot. You know, it's like just staying in the middle of nowhere for thirty days. There's just nothing to do, no one to talk to. I mean, you could talk to the locals, but like there's only so much (laughs) plus they all knew who i was like because it's such a small town that they all knew like oh this guy's here like living at the clown and he's like a writer and so like i was already like i was on bull's radar as like this guy's an outsider like who knows what he's doing um (laughs) so i'm glad i did it like uh it's uh it's one of the rare life experiences that like no one else can come up and say like oh i did that like (laughs) i'll I'll never meet someone else who's like lived at a clown motel for 30 days so (laughs) it's a very singular experience It, it it the fact that we're still talking about it like six years after the fact like it was yeah it was a much bigger deal than i ever expected it to be i mean that was my first that was my first kickstarter ever was the clown motel was like because i didn't want to pay i didn't want to pull the trigger on deciding to go live in the clown motel so that was my my first kickstarter was like here's the money i'll need to pay for the room and to pay my rent back at home and like sundry goods it was like 4500 i think i was asking and like we hit it in like four hours wow so um so yeah That's like so it's cool. uh it, it was all all the way through a ridiculous experience but uh i i would never do it again like now that i've done it <laughs> i think don't you mention that in the zine too you're like you're like i'm so glad i've gone never again why did i or well throughout the zine i remember oh, you, yeah. you were like why did i do this this is yeah. terrible no there was a lot of, there was pretty much like yeah instant regret uh because it's like because it sounds funny when you say it and you know i've been like talking with people about it i know the rose city comic-con here in portland had happened like a week or two before i left for the clown motel so like i remember being at dinner with a bunch of creators and they were like oh man the clown like everybody was just excited about it because nobody knew what was going to happen (laughs) um and but uh yeah it's uh uh yeah i don't i don't recommend it uh like a night or two i think is is a good way to experience that town <laughs> and the clown motel but after that just get the hell out a night or two you spent 30 fucking days there uh, that was one of my favorite because there was like a lot of a lot of ingrained tension in the in the non-fiction narrative of the zine mm-hmm. and because it's like um with all the pictures and the way you talk about it, like I kept being like, the clown ghost is going to come out. He's going to see something in the mirror or, or right. like there's going to be a, a hole by his bed that he sees someone like he sees the eyeball watching him at night or something, you know? So you like 
as a reader, you you wait for all of this, and then the monotony of it all kind of uh you you like your mentality splinters because of the monotony and then your readers the audience it kind of does the same thing Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like we don't know what to expect and you don't know what's going to happen and and it's just like the weirdness and the and yeah so it was a really unique reading experience and like i said structured in the tweets really cool um that was awesome that was that was one of the first that and high crimes was my like stumbling into christa the world of christopher sabella and yeah a lot never, of people got introduced back. to me through the through the clown motel so i can't i can't sneeze at it like as much as uh and, and that's why like i'll talk about it gladly because it was uh like i get it i get wanting <laughs> to talk about it but half you know i made that zine in a night um basically it was like right before emerald city 2016 and uh my my thinking like people uh, i figured once i left the clown motel nobody would give a shit anymore it'd just be like okay well that's over let's move on but like people kept asking me about it and and i was like i should just like take all my tweets put them in the zine and then i can just sell people the experience and and that way like I'll at least like make some back end money off of it. And I won't have to <laughs> like, it's like, I could tell you everything that happened or you could just take this home with you and read it at your leisure. Um, but yeah, narratively, like it, it kind of worked at like, you know, everything culminates when the, when the actual clowns show up. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then there was still like a week after that. So, um, but yeah, there's like, you know, nuclear radiation threats and uh, bikers and like a biblical flood. And I, uh, me almost dying out in the desert because I'm following <laughs> a, a weird note that was addressed to me from myself. So um it just it worked at, like luckily there were people back in the real world who were like i didn't ask them to but they started like mailing me shit and like low-key fucking with me never <laughs> never in a way that was like bad but always in a way that made me feel unsettled so i'm grateful to them for that because otherwise it would have been a lot more boring than it was <laughs> well that's good i'm glad i'm glad you don't have like the the regret of like i'm always gonna be the clown guy no <laughs> fuck it like i don't like yeah i'll be the clown motel guy i don't give a shit like yeah, I saw I saw pictures online the other day, and I was I was like, "This isn't the clown motel that like that I that I read about long ago." Like it was all yeah. like bright and like like you know like terrible like children's birthday party clown. Yeah, I am curious to go back sometime. Uh, I don't know when, but I would like to go for. Well, I guess one revisit just to make sure like, or not <laughs> like if I never see it again, it's fine. Like I, <laughs> uh, like I've memorized that whole town. Like I could close my eyes and I can navigate you through the entire town of Tonopah, Nevada. And I only stayed there 30 days, but that's how small it is. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's small enough that some dummy, uh, a severe pothead can show up and like memorize the town. Um, <laughs> so no regrets though. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, Chris, this was this was really I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, the polite podcast host I am. This is the part mm-hmm. where I say, 
Christopher, where do we find you? Where's the best place to look at you on the internet, learn about all your stuff, learn about bees and Kickstarters and crowdfunding and all that good, all that good um, stuff? Well, my website is ChristopherSabella.com. It's, I'm actually working on updating it this week, so it'll be fancier in a couple of days. Um, but otherwise, I'm mostly on Twitter at XTOP, X-T-O-P. Um, I'm, I have the same name on Instagram, but I don't use that as often. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter and I, I'm usually pretty responsive, uh, unless it's very early in the morning <laughs> and then I'm asleep. No, you've always been very kind to your fans. I've always, I've always appreciated that about you. You're, um, as, as nasty as the internet can be, like you, you'll still, a lot of, a lot of you comic pros, like I've noticed, like, I'm always shocked, like how nasty people can get like uh, like mm-hmm. it shocks me that you guys still log on every day and 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 talk to us nerdy ass weirdos and and engage with us like i i appreciate it and and i appreciate you taking time um out of your chaotic kickstarter schedule foul brood ladies and gentlemen issue one and two is going down right now uh this will be released this wednesday so you'll have about eight days left once this drops um it ends what is it december Uh, 11th december 11th man i can't believe it's already december it's basically it's crazy uh, the last one of the last big Kickstarters of the year. Uh, I think this is a, a pretty genius time because, like, you know, in your it, Kickstarter, it feels like Christmas, the dumbest time ever to have a Kickstarter. No, like, but. Early, early December. I feel well, November was too jam packed. Everybody was doing last end of the year uh, Kickstarters in November to avoid, you know, the the, ho- the December holiday part. But sure. I mean, I think, I think, the, you know, ending it the first week or two of December, like, uh, that's safe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, another part. <laughs> Part of the grand experiment and i don't think i would recreate like i just sort of backed myself into a corner there but like i feel good about it like we you know we had a down week because of thanksgiving but uh we were gonna have a down week anyway so it all kind of worked out exactly yeah there's always that weird like what'd you call it earlier the weird gooey middle the weird gooey <laughs> middle yeah and that fell right in the weird gooey middle so it all it's it's going about as well as i could expect well that's good i, I think everybody should get out there and back it your podcast host did. Uh, you should really just read everything by this guy. He's he's very talented. His his comics are really fun. He's, they're intense. Uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of high crimes in Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai Red. Um, you know, crowded crowded is a big deal. Uh, Test with Vault. They got a trade out for that. Uh, he's, I mean, I I could spend several minutes going through his bibliography because the dude writes comics like they're going out of style. Um, I don't know how he found time to talk to me, but I'm glad he did um back back foul brood buy chris's books follow him on twitter and thank you all for listening and chris dude thank you so much dude this is awesome i really enjoyed yeah talking i had you. a good time thanks for having me on i was i was super nervous because i i you know just from following you for you know like a, a few years now i was like i was like we're either gonna vibe and it's gonna be kind of fun to talk or he's gonna be like you're kind of an asshole and tw- i'll give you 20 minutes <laughs> i'm out of here no fuck no <laughs> like yeah hopefully yeah i've made it clear that like i am who i am on twitter for the most part like i'm not uh uh i'm i'm occasionally an asshole but mostly uh, a solid person <laughs> the good the good kind of asshole like we talked about earlier sure, like, yeah like, like a noble <laughs> asshole <laughs> <laughs>